Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. It's bringing a stool out because I'm old. All right, and uh, at this time of night, I need to sit down if I'm going to chat to you. You know, um, Christmas is more than a feeling. Uh, it really is. And um, I know that on a night like tonight, when the kind of lights are like this, you know, and the music is nostalgic uh, a little bit as well. And it's easy to get caught up in that kind of Christmassy feeling. Um, but I, I saw something uh, on social media recently, which, uh, which really kind of hit me quite hard, really. There's a, there's a bridge um, a subway, not subway, a, a, a kind of a, an under-the-road bridge uh, in, in, uh, in New York, just outside New York. And as you come out of this, uh, this kind of underpass, there's a massive, great big billboard sign. And this is the billboard sign um, that you see here. You know it's a myth this season, celebrate reason. And that's from the American atheists. And, and actually, if you go on their website, it says the American atheists have been reasonable since 1963. I don't quite know what they were before 1963, whether they were reasonable or not. But here's a statement. You know it's a myth, this Christmas story. This season, celebrate reason. And then, of course, what happened there was a load of Christians then that, that they bought space on other billboards and put Jesus is the reason for the season. So there was this whole kind of you know, thing between, hey, it's just a myth, it's a fairy tale, it's a legend. We should celebrate reason. And then Christians say, no, actually, Jesus is the reason for the season. But I want to suggest many people think like that. They, they think, oh, we love Christmas because it's so Christmassy, whatever that means, and it's so nostalgic. But actually, that first Christmas story, the original nativity, it's just a myth. It's just a fairy tale. There's no reason behind it. And actually, we, we don't believe that's true. And I don't believe that's true as well. And you know, in the first Christmas story, it says, um, and you've heard it read, that, that this is good news. Whenever you hear any kind of news, you want to know, is it true? Don't you? So like if you hear bad news, you want to know whether it's true or not. If you hear good news, you want to know whether it's true or not. Is it true? Not just is it good, but is it true? And is there reason behind you saying it's true as well as it being good? The problem is, I think, with the, with the Christmas story, there's so much mixed around it. There's, there's the star, there's wise men, there's camels, there's, do you know what I mean? And all this kind of stuff, there's tea towels on the heads of ladies, of girls playing Mary and all that. And then this doesn't help, this kind of picture here. Hopefully this next picture will come up. It's not, yeah, this picture doesn't really help really because, you know, if it's the Middle, of e Middle Eastern and often you've seen on these kind of pictures like blonde hair and blue eyes. You don't get that really in the Middle East, do you? And on some of these pictures, you get like goldfish bowls on their head. And I don't know, ladies, I don't know about you, but you know, if, if you have a baby in a stable with no epidural or gas and air, there's a lot of noise. And you ain't going to look like Mary, are you? Just after you've had the baby. And so it, just, it kind of feels like it's not real. And so what we do is we take some of the elements of that, you know, and we say, oh, that's not real. There's no reason behind it. There's no, there's no, there's no sense, there's no evidence. And, and so we can, can you know, we say it's, it's okay when you're a kid, but, but when you grow up, you're going to put that behind you because there's no reason to it, you know, because it's just a myth or a fairy tale or a legend. Is this story more than a feeling? Here's the thing. When Julius Caesar was born, later on, when Julius Caesar became a big deal, they wrote about stars lining up and planets and all that. 
many people who became big deals, they retrospectively wrote stories about them and they made up things like stars in the sky and all that. The problem is, when the story of Jesus was written, Jesus wasn't a big deal, he was just a baby. He was just a baby. And actually, to the, um, to the rescue comes a guy called Luke and Luke wrote one of the Gospels in the New Testament called the Gospel of Luke, funnily enough. And he was a doctor and a historian. And he didn't just make up the story. What he did is he wrote down an orderly account. And that's the word he used. And he talked to people who were there and he investigated because he was a doctor and he was a historian as well. And so he took care to write about things and had conversations with people who were actually there. And when he writes his account, it doesn't start once upon a time. It doesn't start in a galaxy far, far away. He's not talking about Narnia or Westeros. He's talking about a real place with real people. The governor of Syria that you heard about in the story was a real person. There's more extra Bible evidence than you would know. You know, there's more literary, historical evidence for the birth and the life of Jesus Christ than there is for Julius Caesar arriving on the shores of Britain. And yet we, we consign the story to myth and fairy tale and legend. And I wanna say to you that we believe that there is a lot of evidence. There is reason behind this story, as well as a great feeling. H.G. Wells was um, not a believer. He was an atheist. And uh, this is what he wrote, which I find absolutely amazing. You know H.G. Wells is the scientist uh, and the writer. He said this, I am, I am a historian, was a historian, as well as a writer. I am not a believer, but I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very centre of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. And just as we head in the next 20 minutes towards Christmas Day, I wanna give you three reasons why we believe that Jesus is reasonable and that it's reasonable to put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Firstly, Jesus is the reason for our longing. You know, there's something inside of us, especially at Christmas, and it feels like not just the normal. We're longing for something like, you know, the... the something more than you could just touch or taste or eat or that you're gonna take back to the shops in January. We're longing for something more than that. There's like a voice within us. And I think that voice within us is the reason for our longing. There's like a shaped hole inside of us and it can only be filled by the one who created us. And that's the reason I think that, that, that you have that longing and that desire for more inside of you. Jesus is the reason for that longing. He's also the reason for our hope. I don't know what you're hoping to get tomorrow on Christmas Day. There's some young people in here tonight. It's amazing. You should be in bed, but you're excited. You're not going to bed, are you? I don't know what you're hoping to get. I love this really old story. This lad called Billy wanted a new bike for Christmas and he thought he'd bypass Santa and he goes straight to Jesus. Sharp lad. So he wrote a letter. Dear Jesus, this is a long time ago he wrote a letter, okay? I've been a good boy all year and would appreciate a new bike, your friend Billy. He thought, now that ain't gonna work. Ripped up the letter. Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year and I want a new bike, yours truly, Billy. That's not gonna work. Ripped it up again. Dear Jesus, I've thought about being a good boy once or twice. Can I have a new bike? Billy looked into his heart and he saw darkness. Billy got angry. He went into the local Catholic church and knelt down at the altar and, then, and he saw a statue of Mary, grabbed it and went home and wrote one final letter. Jesus, I've got your mother. You ever wanna see her again? You ever want to see your mother again? You're going to give me a new bike tomorrow. You know, that's not hope. That's not hope. Jesus is the reason for hope. Listen, if you've lost someone, 
and you put your faith in Jesus, the hope is the death is not the end. You're in the middle of a difficult situation. You're in the middle of pain. You're in the middle of grief. You're in the middle of separation. You're in the middle of divorce. You're in the middle of financial ruin. Jesus is the hope that what you're going through is not the end. That there is more to this life than you are currently experiencing. Jesus is the reason, not just for our longing, but He's the reason for our hope. And ultimately, Jesus is the reason for this season. He really is the reason for this season. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a, a German uh, in the Second World War who stood up against Hitler and, and the Nazi re- regime and he was um, executed because of it. He was a, a believer. He was a pastor and a theologian. He wrote this, We are no longer alone. God is with us. We are no longer homeless. A bit of the eternal home itself has moved into us. Therefore, we adults can rejoice deeply within our hearts under the Christmas tree. Perhaps more than the children are able. We know that God's goodness will once again draw near. Our hope and prayer for you guys, whether you come to church and whether you say you're a follower of Jesus or whether you don't, whether this is the time that you come to church because it feels Christmassy, that's fine. But we want you to know there is reason for the faith that we have. It's more than a feeling. Jesus is the reason for the longing that we have. He's a reason for the hope that we can have. And He is the reason for this season that we're going to celebrate tomorrow. So it's Christmas night. In a few hours, the cleanup will begin. Lights will come down. Trees will be thrown out. Size 12 will be exchanged for size 14. (laughs) Eggnog will be on sale for half price. Soon life will be normal again. December's generosity will become January's payment and the magic feeling will begin to fade. But for the moment, the magic is still in the air. Maybe that's why I'm awake. I wanna savour the Spirit just a little bit longer. I wanna pray that those who beheld Him today will look for Him next August. And I can't help but linger on one fanciful thought. If He can do so much, with such timid prayers, lamely offered in December, how much more could He do if you and I thought of Him every single day?